Social media is booming globally. You're probably on social media, let's face it, one quarter of the total world's population is on Facebook alone. That's two billion people. More people are on Facebook than in any single country. But here's the big question hitting so many today. Are you building friendships on social media or are you damaging your relationships on social media? Today, a pastor and a highly skilled communicator is joining us, Bill Knott. We're going to explore growing relationships through social media. You're watching Ministry in Motion. So let me begin with the key question, Bill. What are the seductions of social media? Perhaps the largest one is that we can express ourselves at no particular cost to either our sets of relationships or in some cases the professional roles we have. It's a vehicle for self-expression and since that seems to be a paramount value in much of Western society, we've honored it perhaps all out of proportion to its actual value as a community builder or a ministry tool. The danger, the seduction, is that we find our goal of self-expression overmatching our goal to be of service to our community, to build relationships, and actually to do ministry. There, there can be the, the, the quest in there to accumulate likes okay. and go looking for those little thumbs up, isn't there? And yeah. All of us get tempted by the fact that we, we want that very visible affirmation that can come back to us through social media. Did my tweet uh, get responded to? Did people retweet it? Was it somehow uh, a favorite of people. All of those things play at very primal emotions in many of us, and thus I refer to the seductions, mm -hmm. because it's pulling at pieces of us that are usually more protected when we come to ministry environments and thinking of facing the community. Yeah, and at times almost like in occasions of like road rage when we're angry, oh, yeah. it, it can be so tempting. Give me a microphone, I need to tell the world what I'm going through right now. Well, we see this in the world of, of political opinion right now. Uh, wherever you are in the Western world, there is a major election coming or one recently passed, and it seems that uh, everyone has taken to social media to express a kind of vehemence which, if a little sense was applied, would we'd recognize is highly alienating. Mm -hmm. the, the vehicle of social media, which was to unite us and to give us connections with each other, has actually become one of the most potent tools to divide. So there's, without reflection, without seeming any control, people are just putting it out there. And the problem is, is it stays there for quite a while, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Typically. There, there are some platforms where it supposedly disappears, but I've got my doubts on some of those. Well, in fact, uh, a, a careful student of social media can usually get at almost anything that we have ever posted. Mm -hmm. And our, the experience so many people are discovering is that that instantaneous reaction, the political opinion, the hot idea, the angry retort, perhaps even a response to something someone else has said to a post we put up, uh, that moment, unguarded, can frequently go on to damage the things we say we want most. Successful relationships, 
with family and friends, successful relationships in wider communities, and even our opportunity to do ministry, often compromised by those moments of passion that come to all of us but probably need a bit more reflection. Yeah. Now, how does this line go? I can remember my kids telling me that the, the frequent users of social media are spruikers, stalkers, sellers, social climbers, and there's a, a list that continues. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know the rest of them, but I agree with the trend, yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it, there is a seduction if, if we're even trying to sell something, if we've got a, a point that we want to get across that this is an opportunity and the world is listening and we have the, the, the ears of the world for our voice. Communication specialists have pointed out the, the flattening of communication structures, the, some would call it the inherent democracy uh, of social media, gives, turns everyone into potentially a journalist, a reporter. Uh, my opinions can now be available to hundreds of thousands, millions of people instantly without any of the usual filters that have been applied before material went out to those wider publics before. Now my opinion, unguarded, unfiltered, angry, passionate, political, can be out there without any editor, without any specialist, without anyone with a more reflective set of judgment uh, looking at it and helping me shape a better product, which is why so many people end up, as it were, repenting of what they do on social media. It's, oh, can I take that post down, or how can I fix what I've done, or apologize for something I said? How many public officials these days are frequently having to correct or restate or withdraw or somehow mitigate the impact of unfortunate, unpolished things they said in social media. And we shouldn't just limit it to social media. Uh, I, I'd like to include texting as well. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's, it's very easy just to send a text that can be a little too sharp for the occasion. Well, it doesn't come with the warmth of seeing someone's face. It doesn't come with the nuance we all pick up in nonverbal signals. It can be read in a variety of ways. The exact same characters in the text can be read quite differently by two persons, sometimes the sender and the receiver. And so that which may have been intended more or less innocently comes off with tremendous and injurious impact on the person who receives it, who can't see that it was perhaps a joke or was intended with some humor or didn't have the barb in it that the receiver felt. Our, our social media, as I said, tempts us to do things because of its facelessness that end up damaging frequently the very relationships we say we want to build with these media. Now, another of the seductions is once you have the tools the, the computer or access to the computer, the, the phone, the financial cost is minimal. Yes. Typically there's a plan. So you, it's not like the old days where you took a photo and there was a cost to each photo. Yes. Now you can send this material, it's free. That's one of the other seductions, isn't it? Oh, it, it, the, the instant availability has created a culture that has become consequently less reflective. I don't think, uh, I simply type. I, I don't reflect, I don't compose, 
all of those tasks which usually education and culture and training and family and call it civilization have built into us tend to be disregarded in the moment of instantaneous reaction, easy access, faceless, maybe even anonymous postings of things. That moment is actually running against the better impulses of what our, our culture and our education and frankly our faith have taught us to do. Right, so basically when it comes to the seduction, the allure of it, there's, there's the financial issue, there's the availability, there's the voice, and there's the opportunity to vent. Oh, and, and which of us doesn't like to vent at exactly. some point, whether it's passion about a sports team or more typically an opinion we have, which is all of four minutes old and probably will be gone in another 10, but take to social media, post it there, and then, yeah, frequently having to undo the damage that has been done by an uncautious post. These are the seductions. Yeah. After the break, we want to come back and explore how we can re-image social media and our use of it for better purposes. Stay right there. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is growing relationships through social media and our guest, Bill Knott. Now, Bill, how can we re-image, re reuse even, social media for better purposes? One of the, the geniuses, if you will, of Christian culture through the centuries has been taking other forms and finding faithful ways to use them for the kingdom. And it seems to me that social media today, which, as we pointed out, can have a, an influence for good, but often has a pervasive influence for, 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 if not for evil, at least for poor consequences, social media is ripe for a Christian reimagination, uh, meaning by that using it as a tool for the kingdom rather than only as an expression of either personal faith or more frequently personal dislike or dissent, as is often the case. We have an opportunity to, to look at these as tools that will help us do what we're committed to do as persons witnessing to our faith and serving other people with our faith. You're absolutely right, because when you think about it, for a pastor, they now have, instead of access within four walls, of a church or a, a, a limited geographical area, they now have a microphone for the world, a camera for the world, if they have a cell phone. The remarkable opportunities that are there should all cause us to reimagine the platform as something more than a, a vehicle of personal expression and begin to ask, as some congregations have done, how can we use this to enhance our goals? How do we build community? Uh, through social media? How do we invite people to become part of our virtual community first and ultimately part of the physical community that gathers week by week for worship or for study? All of those become possible if there's a, an intentional and planned use of social media rather than the, the pastor, the deacon, simply using it to either make announcements or post personal statements. So how would you suggest a local pastor could use social media as part of their pastoral care of their 
their district? Uh, first, I would probably want to find out how many persons in the, area, in the group I serve um, are connected with social media, and if they aren't, find out if there's some reason why they can't or shouldn't. Try to find that collection of the willing who will, in fact, help extend the influence of the congregation through what they post and repost, tweet and retweet. It, that kind of planning and intentionality can quickly build a virtual community around every physical building, church building, okay. a virtual community that is multiples of the people who are actually sitting there uh, uh, at, for a worship service. That virtual community are persons who are then on a journey toward faith. Some of them have no idea of that when they're first they are first encountered. A friend posted something. They, it was interesting to them. They didn't realize that it came out of a faith background. But that continual contact ultimately helps season those relationships. The friendships that are built out through that widening network of people that are directed often by a pastoral staff, mm -hmm. that widening network can be used with great skill to build a community that is ultimately ready for a more clear and even formal witness to the gospel. And what would you say to the church member who may be hesitant to get onto a platform that the pastor is encouraging them to, to get on so that he or she can communicate with them? What would you say to that church member to, to encourage them? Let's use your social media not primarily as a way to post pretty pictures of grandkids or kitties or what you or, had for lunch today, what you had for lunch today or which restaurant you attended or went to. Let's use your social media as part of the ministry tool. You may not feel confident to go knocking on doors or alerting people to the dynamics of your faith. But what if you reposted something your church had produced? What if you linked to um, a recent uh, meditation your pastor had published on Facebook? What if you sent a link out to your circle of friends in social media, inviting them to watch the last week's uh, recorded sermon from the congregation. All of those are possibilities that are low-key, low-intensity ways to simply share. The, that model where it doesn't require all of the summoning of emotional energy to go out there and face people in the context of witness. It's not confrontational. It's not confrontational. It's easy. I have been frankly surprised at the number of people who respond to things I post who, aren't, who don't consider themselves particularly people of faith but are engaging with some of the things I happen to post. And frankly, I've begun realizing they're on their way toward the kingdom. They don't know that yet, maybe in some instances. They're quite a ways from understanding that they're entering a faith community, but they're already participating with it because of the engagement of social media. You know, in many respects, it's, it's like getting a telephone and having a conversation with a pastor mm -hmm. and allowing your friends at times to listen to into listen that in. conversation and see where it leads. The, the intentionality of it is, I think, the key. If we simply hope that other people will, in fact, retweet or repost things, if the, if the, the ministry practitioner doesn't ask for that and encourage that, it will always be sporadic and kind of ad hoc. However, I think churches that make good use of this have an opportunity to dramatically expand their influence. Now, you use social media. Yeah. How do you use it? Primarily in the ways I've just described. I 
like every other, I think, breathing human being, I have opinions, I have experiences, I go places, I eat places, I find you know, cute kittens, but that's not what I've chosen to use social media for. I've never seen you post anything on those. <laughs> I've decided that it's a ministry tool, and not exclusively, but it is a ministry tool, which means I'm thinking when I go to social media, how does what I'm doing here build the kingdom? in a few characters or a few lines. How is it extending the impact and the influence of what God has given me to do? I don't, I'm not saying everyone needs to do it that way, but that's what I've chosen to do in my own life by, a, by weekly postings of content specifically designed to be forwarded and shared literally around the globe. And if somebody wanted to see that, what the, and they're on Facebook, what should they do? Just go to Bill Knott on Facebook and look at postings called Grace Notes that are there regularly. Also, they can find those on the ministry website on which my material appears, uh, AdventistReview.org. Every week I produce something called a Grace Note. Right. Five sentences focused on one encouraging thought about the grace of Jesus Christ and put that out there on Facebook, break it up into tweetable segments as well, and watch people respond by forwarding that multiples of times around the world. I have leaders from all around the globe who tell me they translate it into the languages of their region, send it out to all their pastors, encourage them to send it out. I had no idea when I started this, it was in something intended for a few friends, and it has grown well past my imagination. Wow, it's wonderful, isn't it? Praise God. Now, when we come back after the break, Bill, what I want to talk with you about is how to actually put together material mm -hmm. that is positive and good to go out on social media. Let's do that after the break. Stay right there. We'll be back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is growing relationships through social media and our guest, Bill Knott. So, Bill, let's come to the, the content. How do we put together content for social media that builds friendships, grows communities, and also grows relationships? I think the key word is one we've alluded to already, and that's intentionality. It's, it's planning. It isn't as much of social media has become the accident of the moment. Intelligent use of this medium means planning, thinking it through, often getting a group of people who are savvy with social media, more than I am, to uh, together to think about how a ministry group, a, a, a congregation can best use its impact in this way. Intentionality is the key to it from, from the start. Okay, so that's a valuable point, I think, not only being intentional, but using the wider resources. A pastor or a ministry leader in a local church can use the resources for their own social media, the resources of the church and the skills of the church. I would gather six young adults right now who are engaged in the life of the congregation, who uh, represent a range of communities within a congregation, pull them together and ask their counsel, rather than assuming that at age 60, I know how to do this in a way that communicates with younger generations. Pull them together, get their counsel, ask them, how can we set up a, a system here in which our planning, our thinking gives high quality, brief, memorable content so that when people come across our material, they already have the impression, this is going to be good. I'm going to spend time with this. I'm likely to share this or retweet this. 
that set of impressions, when they come to our material, is a positive enforcement for them to come back, re-engage with our content, and ultimately become part of that both virtual and maybe even physical congregation. Right. Now, you're an editor. The publications that you edit are published literally by the millions. Yes. No exaggeration. So what are you trying to say to people through social media? What's, what's the message that you're really, in your heart, yeah. what do you want the world to hear from you on social media? I want them to know in what admittedly has to be a very brief space, that there's hope for their lives, that, that the grace of Jesus Christ can speak into any situation they find themselves in. And when I think of the tens of thousands of places that material I've written, a few lines I've written may go on a given weekend, I'm thinking about how to make the impact that tells people Come here, find in Scripture, find in the grace of Jesus that which can restore you, no matter what your life circumstances may be. Most of the people who read my content, I will never have any sense of their real lives. I'll never meet them, this side of the kingdom. But the opportunity to put a word of hope, a word of encouragement, help them understand something crucial about the nature of who Jesus is, those are things that motivate me. And they literally make me every weekend get ready and post content knowing as I've learned over the years, that there are thousands, even tens of thousands of people who will have, whose lives will have, be impacted by brief, well-chosen content. Now, as an editor, you ask questions of the text. Yes. You know, that's, that's what editors do. Yes. So run through the questions that you're asking yourself. What do you ask of the information before you send it out? What, what are you considering? What are you thinking before it goes? I want, I have one key question for me. How will this build the kingdom in 140 characters? Okay, <laughs> okay, let's just capture that because that's, that's very important. How will this build the kingdom? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God with yeah. these 140 characters. And that means I have to think with brevity. I have to think with clarity. I have to work for what is memorable. It isn't simply gushing out my feeling. I love this, I dislike that, you ought to do this. That's way too easy. If, if, we ha if you write or, or communicate in shorter forms, it takes more time to intelligently communicate that which is memorable. I want to lodge something that not only someone says, oh, I like that right now. I want them to be thinking about that line 24 hours from now. Mm -hmm. I want them to be thinking about that post later in the week when they're scrolling through their Facebook. Oh, that's right. That was important to me. I wanted to trigger in them a, a second response when they encounter it, not simply a momentary e experience. My goal, lodge something that will have an impact. It is, frankly, the same goal I have in longer forms of communication. When I preach, my goal is to plant a few memorable ideas about the Word of God in people's lives that they'll be thinking about on Thursday. If they forget it by the time they greet me at the door, then I've done very little to benefit their lives or build their witness. Yeah. So 140 characters. Mm. Let, me, let me ask you another critical question. How much time would you typically invest in those few characters? Mm. There are times when I spend several hours writing five sentences for a Facebook post or uh, maybe a, an hour crafting the tweet that I think is going to have the response I'm hoping we'll build the kingdom that, that week. Uh, it, it, 
there is no direct ratio of time invested to quality produced. That's not the way creativity ever works. But the idea of keeping it brief, keeping it memorable, making sure that it edifies in the language of Scripture, that it builds up, that the end impact isn't some finger-wagging negative chastisement of the person who sees this, but something that leaves them with hope and points them to Jesus Christ. Now, we've just got a minute and a half to go. Mm. Is there something on your heart as a communicator that you'd like to say to pastors about the use of social media? A, a question that I should have asked that yeah, I haven't yeah. asked. I would say um, begin to imagine it not as a vehicle for personal expression, but a vehicle for ministry. If, that, if I could lodge one thought with the group of pastors there, it's that. Uh, I read way too many pastors who use it as a vehicle for making political statements that are alienating or uh, statements about things going on in their community, which frankly will also separate people in their congregation. Use it as a tool to build. Use it as a tool to grow people. Will someone grow in faith, in experience as a result? That question, if asked repeatedly, will help us use social media in a far better way and in a way that ultimately builds up the kingdom. Bill, you're calling pastors to be stewards. Yes. Stewards yeah. of a resource that God has made available yeah. and to, to grow his kingdom yeah. through that resource. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us on Ministry in Motion. Let's recap the main points from the program. First of all, we looked at the seductions of social media. Secondly, we looked at re-imaging the medium of social media for the gospel purposes. And thirdly, we looked at how to develop content that builds people, communities and relationships through social media. And we also discovered a key question to ask, and that is, how is the kingdom of God built through these 140 characters? Thanks so much for joining us on Ministry in Motion and may God continue to bless you and your ministry.